Hello and welcome to this Inspiring City podcast. We've got a bit of a special one today. We're with Greg and Lara, the founders of Basement Space, which is a gallery which has been doing a lot of good stuff over the past year. And it is, in fact, the year birthday. And that's why we're here. And we're going to be talking about some of the top moments. In fact, the top 10 moments from Basement Space over the past year. So, hi, guys. Hello. Hey there. It must. I'm, I'm all right, yeah. actually. I mean, how are you doing is the question. I mean, you, you've been going a year now. Sure, we have indeed. We have indeed. And we're, and we're going off the charts for the last month, I'll tell you something. It's been show after show at the moment. It does seem like you've been doing a lot. It does seem like Basement Space has been, you know, one show after the other and after the other. Is that? Does it feel like that way to you? It's, it's felt like that for a year, but it's important for the energy of the space, I think, you know. And a lot of it just happens... By default, like, oh, hey, there's this artist and oh, we, we should be doing an anniversary show. And, uh, you know, we just keep rolling just w- one step ahead of it. We're heading, we're heading into a really special occasion for us and then the start of another amazing year. What gave you the idea to start a gallery in the first place? Organic <laughs> concept. I had found a space, this basement space. Um, that's what the BSMT stands for, a totally derelict basement. And I had a feeling when I stood in here of the potential of it, but I, I couldn't quite get to the start point at the same time I had met Greg, roughly around that period. And I asked him if he wanted to collaborate in putting together Underhand, which which was our first show, the first group show that we put on, which was a charity event. And um, we, both of us just having a, a vision of what it is that we wanted to do, it evolved step by step and we figured out okay we should um this is how we should invite people how many people should we include and really that just became greg's department and mine was logistics trying to get the place looking uh not like (laughs) not like um a total squat um and i think you know for us it was just like we were taken as much by surprise as everybody else the success of that show and the willingness of people to want to work with us and you know how it came about so so I, I i get the i get the coming down and seeing the space bit yes but why did you even come down to see the space what was it about yourself and what was the idea behind setting up a gallery in the first place for me i was looking for something in my life you know like uh, one of those moments, I suppose, where you just feel a complete disillusionment with your day job and you feel like you need to do something that doesn't belong to somebody else, something that you would work towards and that's more meaningful and not just about, I don't know, somebody else's pocket and somebody, somebody else owning everything that it is that you do. And that's why I was looking. And I, I realized at the beginning, especially with when I asked Greg to be involved and he was bringing what Greg did so amazingly well at the beginning was just bring people to the space, bring energy, bring artists in. I had no way or no idea of being able to facilitate. And how, how did the artists uh, um, feel about basement space? It was a really funny process in the, right in the beginning because I was right in that throng, my heyday of being running around on the streets, taking pictures of art and meeting all the artists and just being in a really good position of having great relationships with artists you know from the instagram platform that really developed my relationships with artists and you put you you know the making it a charity event uh greg found a charity that 
Um, St. Mungo's it was. Yeah. I'm not charity, you know. That he wanted to specifically work with. And you and um, we were actually able to donate um, quite a little bag of money to them at the end of that show, you know, through sales, which um, Greg powered, you know, and I think, you know, you were just... You were you were figuring it out as you as you went along, but that was that's why that you know this is one of our top moments because it it was just like something that was it just locked into place at the right time. So from from a seed from an idea that you had, um, and then independently, Greg, you're walking the streets, you're sort of getting to know the scene, getting to know the artist. I mean, what? A- that's that. I mean, that was meant to happen. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, lines in the stars. The lines yeah, yeah. in the stars. Okay, so the so that that's really interesting. But what we're really here to talk about today is your top moments, and we've picked out ten moments from the past year that you were going to share with us. And you've just given us one. Is that yeah. which is the 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 first show in the St Mungo's show? Is that number one? Yeah. Putting um putting that show together, actually standing in there with 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 people in the gallery, and we had no idea how many people were gonna come. I was terrified about crowd, how, you know, how many people in the basement, and it was a great night. A lot of the neighbors were a bit uh, buzzed out because oh, what's this? What you know, held in our neighborhood. Yeah, now? what's <laughs> going on? You know, well, they're 150 people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they get it now. And that closed, that opening night, closed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. There were loads of people in inside there just drinking, laughing. Uh, you know, there were chairs and beach chairs. And it was it was more, f- like for me, certainly just the party. I couldn't... That was our opening make, party. That yeah. Was our, that was our launch night. So what was number two on the list? Well, after that, a, f- a friend of mine, Omar Castaneda, is part of a collective known as Food of War. And they're... They, well, basically, it's what it says on the tin. Um, they're examining the relationship between food and war in war-torn places. And as um, it was very much like a, a politically motivated show. It was documentary and photography, something totally different. We were welcoming all this stuff into the space because it was, it was good for us. It was good for us to learn, you know. I mean, we were, we were really green in, in discovering the way to put shows together. Um, and so they came down here and they put together a night that was very much about eating food, um, dipping wafers in wine, you know, and, and it was a, a really sophisticated evening. So they were co- they want... were combining the art with experiential uh, ex- so experiences such as, as food and drink. Yes. I've, I've heard that before, particularly when you're talking about, you know, you know, war-torn places, actually one of the biggest things about creating communities is breaking bread together. Was that the whole thing behind that? I think um, that's how they wanted to communicate. You know, that um, hummus, for example, they wanted to pe- people to eat that. I think it was the sharing of food. The, the, the wafer and the wine was you wrote something that was a word, a message, was something positive. Dip it and then eat it, you know, or exchange right. it. But the reason it's part of our top yeah, ten I is... I was going to bring yeah, you back to uh, yeah. seeing Gilbert and George walk down our stairs, which was uh, quite a surreal moment. Don Walker, dear children, George. It was a uh, surreal experience. And it was a very packed evening that night. You know, it was it was a it was a beautiful um, opening night, and the whole gallery descended into hush, because somehow <laughs> we had become legitimate in uh, the contemporary art world. There was lots of cameras going. There was a thank you speech, um, and we were all just 
<laughs> so overwhelmed because one month before that place was chaos, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, yeah. we were now second two, show. Two in. shows down, yeah. Yeah. Because that rolled straight after and the end as well. It was like three days after and then closed. Yes. Art legends in the East End. <laughs> yes. That. <laughs> so, so that's moment two. Yes. What few legends what? that have walked over, <laughs> yeah. walked over those stairs and fell. Oh yes. <laughs> so what, what's uh, what's moment three? Well, this is about the um, keeping the momentum going in the gallery. We straight after that we were like, well, what are we gonna do? Um, let's do a seasonal that. exhibition. And Greg had come up with, with the idea of, all right, let's just do a collection of skulls. Let's do that. Well, we, origi and we originally had thought on that. It was one of our plans. And then it was that we were going to do that other project that was going to tie into um, Halloween, mm. more so into Halloween, where it was uh, a cinema experience inside here. Yeah. And that, when that fell through, then it was suddenly, oh, my God, kick me skulls. Yes, <laughs> which apparently I said, is I don't really remember. A lot of it is blind panic, I think. <laughs> And then Greg went off, and, and skulls. I got it. Yes, <laughs> we put uh, that show together in just over two weeks, yeah. and it was one of our most successful. I mean, that's when we met you. You know, yeah. you came down, and um, yeah, we covered that uh, show on Inspiring City. Yes, you did. It was the yeah. first time. So I think the moment well, was more the, the get me skulls and getting the skulls. Yeah. That, that was the that was the drive of the yeah, show. Yeah, it was, like it a was pressure that, situation. It was suddenly, like, boom! This Dumb. has got to happen. And yeah. it happens so yeah. sweetly. It happens so sweetly. The skulls just roll through that door. Great. Okay, so those. Uh, so what we, what have we got for uh, moment four? Hollywood meets uh, BSMT, <laughs> where um, we were introduced via London Graffiti to a client who wanted to... He was looking for a gallery space, an alternative space, not something that was absolutely going to rinse him. He was an actor, an actor who was um, working with his friend Joe Sangre. Very unassuming, we went and had a coffee, he said, oh, I, I want to put the show together and my friend is helping me and you know, it's um, loads of uh, depression era prints and you know, this is going to be my first solo show. We curated it for them, but they did a lot of the hanging themselves, it was all under their control and we got this list because it was a very strict door policy of um, of the people that were going to attend and we looked at this list and I was like yeah so these you know kind of similar to Gilbert and George but I was like, there's no way these people are going to roll into the gallery and lo and behold it started filling up there was um, these two sort of punk waitresses that they had found from somewhere who were serving canapes getting pretty wasted themselves and all of a sudden the gallery slowly but surely became like started filling with um hollywood celebrities we had the likes of rita aura here chris pine the captain kirk who were <laughs> and we uh, i mean it was the first show i had to throw somebody out because they were unruly there's all sorts of rowdiness happening in the alcoves slightly x-rated um, right? yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had some of the cast of The Only Way is Essex, yeah. Um, with, um, Game of Thrones with Natalie, Natalie Emmanuel. Emmanuel. She was lovely. Uh, the queue for the toilet, I remember at one stage, was absolutely phenomenal. We only have one. And Greg took Chris Pine across the road to our good friends at Viva. You were helping Chris out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure well, he could go by himself. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I, went, I went across there because he was like, oh, I'm going to wait. I was like, right, come, come across over here. And the... Um, 
the irony is, is that the owner over there, Volta, Vulcan, Vulcan, and uh, introducing him, Captain Kirk, to, to Vulcan. <laughs> I love it. Brilliant, absolutely. brilliant, absolutely priceless. <laughs> the surrealness of having the likes of Rita Ora running around and uh, yeah. the celebrities running around inside her was quite a surreal thing for having been open three months. Yes, there was lots of glitterati that, that we didn't even notice. And... Um, you know, like we didn't even know who they were, and it was it was just such a good vibe. And I think it was just something, you know, because when you when you start a, a space from from nothing, and then it grows, you can see how did we get here? Like, how is Rita Ora in the building when when three months ago there wasn't even power? You know, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, Great moment. So yes. Okay, so um, so we're doing pretty well on the moment. So yeah. what's what's moment five? An artist who um, wanted, who was referred to us, he's a, a really, um, he's, he's a socialite, um, an old blitz kid, um, who came very unassuming, one of the most dapperly dressed men of uh, men I've ever seen, um, full on fifties gear, cop tapped down the stairs. I'd like to hire out the gallery, um, and I'd like to just uh, photographs of roses. That's what I would like. I said to him, it's a big space to fill. Yes, that's fine. That's totally fine. Um, photographs. Yeah, photographs of rose, roses I've taken by night. His name is Christos Toro. What an, what an enigma, enigmatic man. <laughs> and boy, do the ladies uh, swoon. <laughs> yes, when he's swoon in the is room. the word. Yes. And so we, you know, we, again, uh, we facilitated it, but he completely took over the gallery. It was his night. You know, slowly but surely, the gallery started to fill up. Probably the most well-heeled crowd that we've ever had in here. Several royal tailors in here. It was a very, very glamorous, dressed-up crowd. Where the others were glamorous themselves, this was a smartly dressed, glamorous crowd. And, and were, the, were these his pictures of the roses that were yes. going on? Yes. I think it was, you know, on both these nights, we were able to enjoy the show. Um, we were here to help support, you know, facilitate the <coughs> evening, but we we were standing there as witnesses as well to, you know, somehow in this basement in Dalston that everybody claimed it was so difficult to find and what exactly is it that we're doing in here? And we had had first a Hollywood crowd. We had had Gilbert and George then rolling straight onto Christos Toller's show where there was, oh, uh, you know, loads of designers. Um, Kevin, Kevin Anthony R- Rowland was yes. in the building who's the singer a singer of Dexy's uh, Midnight Runners. We had just uh, chatted. Come on, Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> what a lovely man. We're like, oh, can we just take a snap with you? Because I really love your beret. And then afterwards, um, somebody told us who he was. And we were just... And Christos, you know, the whole way through, he, he, he had a sold-out sold show. You know, it was fantastic. <clears throat> like, classy group of people. And we thoroughly enjoyed it. We were just... Mm. Many times we walked out of here completely sort of... Um, mind numbers to how yeah how how cool an evening it was, and testament again to you know you just have to let it let it grow. Let it, let it wash over you. Yeah, yeah. In that scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what have we got at uh, moment number six? Um, for Nakapan's opening. Oh, what a show that was! That was by for that's by far, but that's that's my number one. I I really this is my favorite experience that. It was just like, it was a pleasure. It was even like work. It was like, I did it 24-7. Would do it until I would just fall asleep. I'd wake up and I'd be just head first straight into it. Just wanted to make the most successful show for my friend, you know. And 
it was the first experience that we had. Uh, it was a learning curve with Prince because it was the first show that we we managed Prince and we um we had done something where we had released them to the states to the states in advance and it was just, it was such a great experience rolling around these prints selling all these prints before the before the show even opened and the show opening was just such an incredible the vibe inside it it was packed to the rafters inside yeah. mm. good heads great faces in there it was a who's who because i remember going to that one it was a who's who of the street art scene in east london wasn't it it was indeed. It it was a very hotly anticipated. It was great because the the guest list, we'd everybody wanted to be on the guest list, and some said, "Well, yeah. we don't have enough space for everybody." Is, is that is that the show you think that put Basement Space really on the the street art sort of scene, East London scene, the the map? That's when I felt we had leveled up to being a legitimate gallery, one hundred percent. You know, when Greg first told me Fnacavan has agreed to do a show, I was just uh, shocked, you know. But as we just roll with the punches and the surprises all the time, it's almost like you don't, you, you, there is an opportunity to let that, like, yourself actually believe that these things are going to happen. I went home to change and I remember coming up the road on the bus and seeing people posting pictures already from the show opening, just queuing up outside. My hair was standing on end. It was so big for us. It was it was such a buzz. It felt incredible, you know. And like Greg said, Fnacapan just let it happen, you know. Everybody enjoyed it. And I, and I think that having people contact us from all over the world, mm. you know, this little, this little gallery that we had started, um, selling prints all over the world, um, sending the catalogue all over the world. Like Fnacapan's show was just... Yeah, the whole thing for us was just this... This adrenaline buzz, it was just it was incredible. Solid adrenaline buzz. I, yeah. I remember getting home, oh, I'm thinking that night, or was it the next day, waking up, and I stopped and I was looking out the window, and I started to cry, because it was just like, suddenly I was in a moment where it was very weird for me, I didn't have to do anything. Up until that moment, every single waking second of the day, it was, I'm good, I'm doing something, there's, there's something more that I'm doing for the show, that I have to do this, I have to do that, and it was just that moment where Oh my god! I don't have anything to do. I don't, I don't, it's done. It's all done. It's all everything's emotion. It's, it's amazing for you. You really drove that show in terms of the social media and the marketing. And you know, both of us serve. You, we, we're different aspects of the gallery. You know, I'm a, a lot more sort of focused, structured. I understand how to do things in one way, and Greg is very much a people's person. You know, and th- that like reaching out. That's that's what he does best, and he just came into his own. I think. In you know you 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 made your role for yourself mm. in the gallery and he you know it was a lot of the success of it was due to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> chin chin. Hey, we should have. Okay, so that, well, I love the moment. That was a gr- that's a great show. I remember seeing that show. Um, so what's moment seven? What have we got on the list? Clandestinos Art, which is um, a duo, a married couple, um, Shalak Attack <clears throat> and Bruno Smokey. We were put in touch with them by great names. Shalak Attack and Bruno Smokey. And boy, are these guys like pro artists, you know. Um, and we were put in touch with them through Amara Pordias, who said, Oh, we've got some friends. They would like to do a show in London. We contacted them via WhatsApp. They, what, uh, via email, they WhatsApped, WhatsApped us back. Um, and within a 15 minute conversation on WhatsApp, had booked their flights to the UK to come to our gallery and to do a solo show here. 
And for us, it was the trust, you know, that these this, these two guys, incredible artists, they, they produce huge murals. They do a lot of community work. They work in prisons, they work with women, they worked all over the world, um, in indigenous communities. But they needed to kind of crack the UK market, but they put this trust in us, you know, like, hey, we're coming and we're coming in a month. And we were like, whoa, uh, because we, it was our first experience working with international artists. And a, a big name, international artists on the street yeah. art scene, they are well known. Yes, yeah. And it, actually, in retrospect, they were true professionals. They brought all their canvases down. Mikey <coughs> Dredd, who has been on the street art scene photographing and documenting for years, was an amazing help in that show because, you know, for us, it was a first. I said to him, we've got to make uh, stretches yeah, for all these canvases. How do we do this? We've got two days. We had to have a Saturday <laughs> opening because they were landing on the Thursday. He rolled on down, um, had Mikey a sandwich. Day. Yes. <laughs> no stress, that man. Went off. We bought the timber. Huge um, 4B2s, as he calls them. And built all the canvas stretches in the gallery, stretched all the canvases. People came from... Sweden, France, different parts of the UK to be here at the opening. Yeah, that was touching that. Yeah, it was, it felt so, it, it was just pure positivity that night. It was great. And you arranged for some, some containers to be painted as part of that show as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, I saw those. They look pretty good. Yeah. I saw the Haggerston Riviera, those containers <laughs> looking out over the, 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 the canal. They look great. Yeah, that was, um, you know, an outdoor space. We were trying to find walls. Those containers aren't going to be painted, but we said to them, hey, these are, if you look at them as massive canvases, they're right on, on the canal and hundreds of people see them every day. In the true spirit of who they are, they saw them and were like, cool, let's just do it, you know. And over the next, was it three or four days? Three days they, later. Three days later, we, we built a scaffold for them and, they, and they're not easy to paint. You know, they're like a, a corrugated surface, really difficult. Bruno couldn't stand back at all from his piece. Yeah, he'd so have he's to, right up front, he's right yeah. painting this massive yeah. container. It's a foot away, and the containers are maybe, I don't know, eight meters, no, maybe maybe less. No, they're about five meters high. Um, and they produce these two really bright colors. People were stuck. I think, for me, I cried that day. Loads of tears that day. <laughs> um, so what's moment number eight? Doing lines, doing doing lines for sure. What a what a show that was. That was. We had uh, it was Captain Chris, Tony Boy, Dill, and Obert. It's the four of them. And they came in and for three days, they they painted up. They boarded off the alcoves and painted the walls of just black and white. Black and white. Put some secret canvases inside there. Uh, and did a print show, so prints of the pieces on the, of the that that was that was something to behold every day. Just coming in and seeing how the room just changed and just built and built up the layers and oh, insane! These are all character-based street artists, aren't they? Yes. They painted literally every, every surface of the inch, gallery. Yes. yes, black and white it was like being immersed in an illustration. And I think what's not widely known facts. Our f close friends know it, not everyone, was that we lived in the gallery for part of this time, especially when we were setting it up, because there was no alternative. And so many times, like this room that we're sitting in, the storeroom that's um, now official with paintings and prints, and Greg's built a beautiful rack uh, where everything is safely stored. Um, 
you know, and we um, receive and give paintings in a very professional manner. There, there was a mattress in here at one time. It was piled high with clothes. There was computers, art, tools, everything piled up. And the doing line show happened while we were still living here. Um, because it was, at a time, the only way to facilitate the growth of the gallery. Both Greg and I together in this space. We had no personal space. We had nowhere to hang anything. We had nowhere to find anything. We don't, I don't know how we... And the gallery was just, here, here you go. And these artists worked into the wee hours, drawing and illustrating and cutting boards. Um, and you're saying, oh, guys, I want to get some kip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get, out, get out of it. No. When you finish, such what time do you call this? Four o'clock in the morning. Can you imagine how awkward, though? You know, I mean, for them and for us, uh, for a long time, I forbid... Well, you're coming out in your nighties, so I just don't mind me. I'm having a cup of tea. I know. <laughs> you a quick shower. I didn't have to that night I came out in, in my nighty because there was a crazy man at the door, like screaming and banging and yelling things through the, the letterbox and the guys were so tired. They were just like, just ignore him. I'm like, what's going on? Like there's someone about to smash the door down. Um, and, and I could hear them cutting the boards. And, but I mean, for me, it, it, for a long time, I didn't want to talk about it because I felt it compromised our professionalism as a gallery. But that's how badly... It isn't. It's real. Like, We're real people. Who are real. This, yeah. this has been a real struggle. Right? Yeah. There's, there's no other funding and corporateness behind this. No. That's, so this is the bone of contention, you know, the facade that I wanted to always maintain and then what the, the absolute chaos that was happening behind that. Um, so, yeah. And that's why Doing Lines was so special because it was just like you were watching this happen. And just true masters at work you know the fearlessness with which they draw they just know exactly you know and they just didn't stop just carried on drawing drawing and i think you know it was one of our most successful and authentic definitely mm. what's number nine on the list number nine very recently happened to us just last <laughs> night in fact wow super recent yes <laughs> in an externally curated show um cultivated by sean worrell um, I I asked Greg if we can include this because for me this illustrates the whole experience of basement space is that stuff happens to you and you don't understand what it is because it just happens and then you learn how to deal with it. I was outside making sure that no one was bothering the neighbours or drinking or you know unruly behaviour. came downstairs, the gallery was all hush, everyone hanging off the stairs in suspense and there was a lady um, in the midst of a performance piece where she was um, using surgical needles to pin rose petals to her face. And blood was dripping down her oh. face and on, onto her dress. <laughs> yes, yes this was how blood was spilt in basement yeah. space. <laughs> For me, you know, I think, you know that when there's no fallback, and you're like, um, uh, like, quite is going on now. Yeah. Well, and how are we supposed to handle this? And it, so then, first I was watching it going, you know, and obviously it got a real emotional rise out of me and everyone because watching needles going through a face and the blood, and not everyone is like, you know, um, has a strong enough stomach for that. But then afterwards, I realized. Uh, who's um, who's the management? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what happens afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, 
she she went off, um, <laughs> which she had to, and I'm sure that she was in a, a state of shock somewhat. Um, you know, oh, I'm sure she's probably done, done that before. I'm sure she. I'm sure she was fine. She just had to go. I, I would hope it wasn't her first time. No, no, no. Go go off and take yeah. these needles out of her face, but left us to to deal with blood and rose petals on the floor. Yeah. Wow, so what 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 a, um, an introduction to performance art. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. Exactly. I mean, super um, powerful moments. Really. Was it, was it, I mean, I mean, you talk about the sort of shocking moment. What was the performance like? What was it? Was it quite uh, an emotive type piece? Was it, it? it was. I mean, it was hard to watch. Um, it was, it was pain. You know, I suppose. You know, when some people are like, oh, I'm in love and it hurts so much, and that that uh, idea of you know, long stem roses is this beautiful old school gesture of romantic love, and she's breaking off the petals from it and piercing her own face with it. She was entirely covered in petals and needles. Uh, so she was sort of subturning that whole tradition on its head, you know. And to me, that that's what I was reading out of it. You so know, it was like a love-pain type. Yes, in this kind of classic 80s way where she was wearing this long white dress. Uh, but then it was covered in blood, but it was actually happening. It wasn't movie blood, which I thought it was actually the first few minutes. Then I realised... That sounds <laughs> pretty intense. Yeah. Okay, so the yeah. final moment, yes. uh, moment number 10, what do we have? Uh, we decided to put mm. Pyramid Oracle's solo show, which... Beca- so he's not, he's not a UK-based artist, is he? No. No, he's from, he's from the States. He, he was working in Berlin before he arrived, but he, he's States-based. He's a good friend of Greg's, and he reached out before he came to Europe this summer. He's a very enigmatic artist, um, because there's a lot of... Uh, symbolism behind his art he wishes to remain kind of anonymous and his work is uh, unique authentic there is nothing like it it's difficult to look at amazing to look at um, and I, I really admire his his spirit as an artist and he hand paints his paste ups which are enormous they're two to three meters by two meters some of them and then he pastes them on the street and so something that would take two to three weeks to paint, he just signs it, you know, just gives over to the world. Uh, it could be tagged over in a day or, you know, and, and as a paste-up artist, I think that's, a, a, you know, it's a really beautiful thing. And I think, again, the residency was a new experience for us because it becomes a very intimate relationship with the artist. They're living in the space, they're creating oh, the so, work so in the space. Yes. No, he lived all over the basement. Yes. He lived all over. Debbie delivered. All right, because we are sitting although, in the, the room. Yeah. <laughs> in the front room of basement space. Although, to be fair, I have I have seen him sleeping in here before. Yeah. There was one time. Might have both fallen asleep in here um, while the show was on. Well, this became his space because he was uh, in Europe for a while. He needed a place to be able to produce the work. He taught us a lot about. Um, building canvases and stretching canvases and but it, it's also where you know producing solo shows with artists becomes a very intense experience very intimate because you know they're sort of opening themselves up in, entirely for everyone to see you know when it's a solo show it's like this is who you are as an artist this is what you mean you know and it's just like laid bare and and I, I think I'm learning as a gallery how we need to cushion that and sort of you know allow them to feel more support in that experience. 
That's ten top moments. Yes, in just a year. And a lot going on there. Yes. <laughs> some, the, some, some big shows, some big characters coming here, some big experiences. If I was to ask you both, just individually, just for one thing, the one thing that rises to the top, what would it be? For, for me, it's because I... I mean, I just think all the time, they're just like, pinch me, pinch me. And I suppose out of everything we've just said would be that bus trip coming up to Fenecapé and Solo Show where I was totally on my own because I had about 10 minutes to go home and change my clothes and come back. And seeing all this stuff that was happening, like mushrooming, if you will, you know, um, and just thinking, this is a result of just a small little decision and a fusion of two people, you know, and how... And, and the support of a community and artists and bloggers and, you know, we try, we don't always do everything right. It's the best way is learning through experience. And I think if I had gone to a course on how to open an art gallery, how to be a curator, I would never be able to articulate as as well as we have here what it really means to run a gallery. But when you got off that bus and you saw those people, you thought, whoa. It, Something's the, happened here. The whole thing was surreal for me. I was just in shock the whole the whole night. I ended up sleeping in the scary storeroom that night. <laughs> that's that's becoming what, a theme, man. Yeah. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yeah. Lo- lo- lots I, of people have slept on the floor. But <laughs> Greg, what, what, what's, what's, the, what's the thing that rises to the top for you? The, the tail end of that experience, as I, as I was saying, is that moment where I had a tube and I was crying. We had nothing to do after that. And at the end of the Fanakabang experience, we were just like, oh my God, that was just like the most most amazing experience in my life. It was amazing being able to pull that off and that drive. So much hard work, but that pleasure for the hard work, rewarded for it. And that moment of like, oh my God, I've got actually nothing to do. I don't have a million things to do right this second. I've got nothing to do. I can just bask in the glory of it. You know? And what happened is it's actually real. Mm. I think, you know, yeah. because... And the, the the pace at which everything happens to us, we actually, for that moment, me coming here, Greg, the next day we realise, this is actually happening in our relationship too, which exactly coincides with the gallery starting, you know, and who we are as a couple and how hard this is to do this, you know. It's like being married immediately, you know, and, and working, like gr- learning about each other and the space at the same time and how to do that. I, there's nothing more difficult nor rewarding. What a great way to end. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Lara, thanks for your top 10. Thanks for a great year of Basement Space. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank and you. thanks for all the amazing work you do for no us. No problem. Too. Here's to another amazing year of Basement Space. Here's to another space. Basement we're, we're, Space we're, we're, with yeah. Inspiring City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Keep going. Exactly. Inspiring exactly. City all the way. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>